podcast i'm here interviewing reggie keith my name is dorian withrow and i'm with tyler and um we want to get into a little bit of your background right so what was your upbringing like um where did you live what was your process in education and business yeah well thanks for having me first off um this is a dope opportunity so i appreciate you guys taking the time out and creating this platform and allowing me to be here to speak to your audience um, so, yeah, I'm born and raised right here in Buffalo, New York. You know what I mean? East side of Buffalo. Uh, my parents uh, owned a home right there on North Parade across the street from the Science Museum. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm born and bred here in Buffalo. Um, and you're saying my education is kind of really uh, a public education, right? Pub- Buffalo Public Schools. I went to um, Buffalo Performing Arts as a high school student. Um, so I studied communications. So this uh, area and platform is, um, is super familiar with me. Uh, brings back some great memories of just recording, editing, you know, creating. And um, that's kind of the origin of my path, right? It's just my passion for creation. Um, and so, you know, through the years, I found a way to develop that into something that was also um, uh, some, something that I like, right? A, a passion of mine of... Um, of a different liking, right? Not just on my skill set, but some of the stuff that I just like to get into. Um, and so that kind of evolved me into getting into the cannabis space. But yeah, man, I uh, went to uh, performing arts. Uh, shout out to the Arts Academy. Um, and yeah, Buffalo, man, it raised me. Right. You seem like a man of many skills. Yeah, right. man. Um, I, I'd say my, my basis is all around communication, right? It all starts with my ability to communicate, kind of take high level information. Um, process that out and kind of regurgitate that into layman's terms, right? That's really my strength. Um, and I've learned recently to just really take your strengths into every situation and let them lead you. Um, and so, yeah, man, uh, while I probably have a, a variety of skills, it's all centered around my ability to communicate. And I think that kind of uh, allows me to have a solid foundation with any kind of project or uh, even conversation that I'm having, right? That's a good starting point. So, yeah. you, you run Canna House. Canna House, man. Yeah. yeah Tell me about Canna House. We are a cannabis-centric social club. Well, we started as a cannabis-centric social club. Um, as our origin, uh, we kind of matured into um, a space that uh, really focuses on advocacy for the consumer, uh, education, uh, product awareness, and dope spaces. Right. So we're all about making sure that the consumer has uh, added value to their life, right? So they should leave smarter, you know, which creates a more healthy, you know, um, pool of consumers, which then creates a healthy marketplace, right? And so people get smart about stuff that they're choosing. It allows us to stay on our toes. It keeps people at the, you know, in a place of quality control because if your consumer is smart, right, you can't just get over with bullshit product. And so, um, yeah, man, Canna House has... uh, really matured into being a leader in the space as it relates to just um, taste making. You know, we started off doing activity-based events. So we were puffing paints and cooking with cannabis, murder mysteries, really like a full gauntlet of events. Um, It's kind of like how we started basing on activities, right? We wanted to, you know, you can smoke and chill at the crib with anybody. Um, But we really wanted to figure out, like, how can we, you know, use some of that creative juices that got created from a consumption, whether that's a joint or a drink or an edible, um, you know, that really was kind of at the basis of, like, getting things started. I want to know about 
I didn't know the cooking with cannabis part. Okay. And the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you go about both? I don't know. Whichever you want to go about first. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's all about the creativity, right? And so we were just like, hey, man, you know, what makes sense? How can we kind of, mm-hmm. like, do stuff that people already have gotten a love to? Big shout out to Paint the Town, uh, my family over there. Um, he had already created this really, Jarrell, guys don't know, created this really dope platform of just painting and sipping, right, in the town. And... You know, we really hadn't seen that, and it had caught storm, right? This 2016, 2017 that started. Um, and I was like, man, I love that. I love that idea. I don't really like to drink. My crew, my friends, we are, you know, cannabis consumers. We're not really big on getting drunk. And so we're like, well, how can we figure this out, right? And um, and the same thing with cooking with cannabis. It was like, all right, well, we know that we know how to do this stuff, and then we know how if we get together with a bunch of folks, we probably can create an atmosphere of, with folks who want to also do the same thing, right? And it's like, well, how do we combine this in a safe way, right? How do I get all these people together without, like, breaking the law? Because mind you, this time, you know, this is very much, um, uh, I say not, it wasn't legal, but it was it was, it was, was more or less us as um, patients, right? And that was kind of like our breakthrough. My breakthrough was like, all right, you know what? We can all gather as long as we're patients, right? You can't tell a bunch of patients they can't consume together and have a good time. And so that led me down really understanding the path of like legal consumership, right? And the path here in New York State started with medical marijuana. So us all having a medical card, getting approved through a doctor's process, getting a medical card, and then us, you know, getting product from wherever we were sourcing them from. And then we got together. Right, and so that was like the, the snowball idea of like, all right, this is how we could do this and nobody really get in trouble. And then it was just all about being yeah. dope, right? Creating some cool shit that nobody else was doing. Um, and yeah, puffing paints were the first thing we actually did. Uh, it was in like a shack. <laughs> um, anybody who's a shout out to anybody who's ever been to the first uh, couple puffing paints, man. Um, you know, definitely had to work with the underground community. And I appreciate them, man, because they, they looked out for us, they protected us. Um, and they gave us a safe space to start. And from there, it really generated like a, um, some connectivity amongst a group of people. And, you know, we've now flourished into about 2,500 members. So, you know, we started off with like 50 core members to go to Puff and Paint. Yeah. And uh, from there, man, we've just kind of been building and building. I dig it. So the information was very key for you to start the process because I know um, – this is a recent thing in New York State, yeah. right? Yeah. So what was the process or um, the information you needed to kind of get things going? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, what I learned in here is um, two things. One, yes, n- knowledge runs everything, right? You need okay. data. But what I also learned was nobody was an expert. Nobody was an expert. I mean, honestly, you can't think of any field in – definitely not in America that we kind of can jump into where like nobody's an expert, but this industry is taken serious. Right. And so with that, I was like, well, what is valuable here? What information that is not in a textbook is valuable. And I'm like, well, I've been consuming for 20 years. Right. I'm, I'm, I am an expert. I'm an expert at something. And that was consumption. Right. And so from there and shout out to, I'm going to drop some names because I just love people really, um, helping people through the journey. Right, and these are names. When I say these names, I don't mean them just to drop and be cool. It's really because without them, I would not be where I'm at. I am, and so shout out to the Sheeta Dawson, the Weedhead. Um, first of all, black women are the north star for cannabis. So if 
when you're talking to people, they don't start mentioning black women. Be weary of like how focused and how um, how much of a perspective they really have. Gotcha. Right. And so Dashida actually brought up a really dope point about bridging your street science with real science. And that always rung true because, like, a lot of times, you know, you might think you, you know, you recognize something. But there's actually, like, a medical or scientific correlation with that, right? And knowing that allows you to actually start to move and navigate in different circles, right? I can move them outside of my friends when I'm just saying, yo, we roll up, smoke that shit, get high. Like, those are all cool terms. I do not want them outside of the industry, right? They are very much true and culturally relevant. But past that, you want to be able to go talk in a room where you might can get some financing, right? Where somebody can help you kind of get a bank account, right? Somebody can help you build your business out. And you need to start talking language that fits into the mode of uh, legal and professional cannabis, um, and so that was huge and just understanding like uh, the industry as a whole, really understanding the plant, right? Um, understand we have a, a system in our body, right? Like a nervous system. You have an endocannabinoid system. There's literally a system in your body that is, has receptors that needs cannabis in order for it to be activated, right? So my theory, along with Dashita, is that we're actually cannabis deficient. I think we all actually need more cannabis, right? It doesn't have to mean THC. Yeah. This could be CBD, right? Understanding these terms, what that means, right? How these are different, where you can get these from in different plants, right? Um, today, it sounds so comfortable for me to do, but originally it sounded so foreign. Um, and I had been had this relationship with this plant for 20 years. And so that drove me to really understand, hey, man, not only do I need to understand this for my professional journey as an uh, entrepreneur, but I'm a consumer, Right? Like 20 years, bro, you really can't understand what you've been putting in your body. That's a little irresponsible. Right? And so it really led us to understand it was like, hey, what we can specialize is not, you know, we do want to deliver education and advocacy, but we want to do it specifically for what we know. We know consumership. We know how to consume. We know different methods. And we want to make sure that other people like us are as educated and up to date. And none of that happens without data. I don't care how interested you are in being an entrepreneur or an investor. You need to know what's going on in order to assess the the the, the industry and understand what void you can fill. And so it was so so important for us to have um, you know proper education. Yeah. So all the people who are actually in the in your club, do do you guys like go through a little program to teach them all about you know cannabis or what you know? Do you yeah. pass that information down to them, or do they have to come in knowing all that? Yeah, so they don't have to come in knowing all that information. We do do – there is a membership um, application, so there is some information that we just generally want to know about you to understand what kind of understanding you have of the plan, if it's just recreational, if you're kind of just – what your relationship is. Um, and then we let people um, ask us they're comfortable, right? I mean, there's no wrong way to consume, you know, but there are responsible ways. Right. And you can be healthier with your decisions. Right. And and that's what we're trying to get people to understand. And more than, than structurally doing that right now and kind of in our start, we have have some programs scheduled for next year that we're going to roll out that will be more intentional about this stuff. But um, right now, it's really about kind of opening up that peer to peer conversation. Right. Creating these events and then allowing for that kind of conversation to happen in that interaction, which is why we want that puff and paint and that, that cooking with camp, because it allows that socialization um, once you get the plant in, in involved. And so um, previously, no, we weren't as intentional about it. But yes, in this next year, we're going to roll out um, a calendar top of the year that really shows some intentionality to 
not just our members um, or consumers for that matter, right? Um, consumers and non-consumers alike need this information, and we're going to have some opportunities available for the community. So uh, how do you create privacy within Canada House? Because I know you've got people of different statuses. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you work around that? Yeah, honestly, it's uh, the club itself is private, right? It's a private membership-based club. So we kind of are looking for a certain quality of, of member. Right, and it isn't like we're pushing anybody out, but there's a certain kind of character we're looking for people to to have and an appreciation. And honestly, uh, those people find us. You know, I love to say that we're kind of like really good at like deciphering through a bunch of people, but in truth, you know, we're trusting that the energy that comes in is the energy that we're putting out, right? And it's coming back to us. And then, and honestly. I think maybe in five years I might have denied two applications, um, and it's really because I couldn't do a follow up with them. It really wasn't even because I didn't I didn't know them. But there's a two part system kind of originally when we were doing applications to a physical and then like a, a follow up conversation uh, we would have, um, and I just couldn't get in touch with them. And so for that reason we just didn't. But outside of that, man, I mean it's really um, cannabis itself creates this like appreciation. Um, and then when you're offering something like this, people who've had experience uh, most of the time really want to protect that, yeah. you know. And we find that most of our group, because it's, you know, um, cannabis itself, it's not the cheapest outlet, right? And so it usually requires people to have expendable cash. And those folks we're finding are, you know, entrepreneurs or, you know, people in professional positions who have something to, to lose, Right. And they're really it's really important for them to feel like, hey, I found a safe, dope space for me to consume or talk or show my face. Um, and uh, it's just a matter of, you know, you know, we don't do any phones when you're at the events. We try to make sure we limit that so that people aren't just recording. We will record it. We'll put out um, content. But that is to protect people to make sure that, hey, you know, you're on posting where somebody doesn't feel comfortable. Now that cannabis is in a different space in terms of being legal and versus um, when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are some of your thoughts on that and people incarcerated for it? I think now there's um, a bill being passed or something like that. Yeah, so originally with the MRTA, shout out to Crystal People Stokes, who is our majority leader here in uh, the state from our hometown. Um, so majority leader wrote a wonderful bill that was as inclusive as possible to beneficial things for our community. Um, one of those was expunging records for those who are incarcerated for cannabis offenses. Um, so that was kind of, there was an auto expungement, and then you can apply for certain things as well, depending on your charges. Um, so there are clinics throughout the state. Uh, I recommend people go to um, the Office of Cannabis Management.gov. Uh, that's New York State's board that handles cannabis here in New York State, um, and that website keeps you really informed, right? So you'll be able to go there, find out where what clinics are available, if the state is holding anything. Um, and then there are a bunch of local organizations you kind of want to tap into, you know, Joint Canna House, of course. Um, we'll keep you updated with some information. But, yeah, man, my personal feelings about, like, where we were to where we are, um, of course, you know, anybody making a dollar while we have people locked up is just insane. Right, and it, it's, it shows what is uh, at the forefront of decision-making in America, um, and we're a capitalistic country, right? And so um, that, that drive for um, some kind of financial gain 
is very present. And I don't think that's something for us necessarily to fight, but to figure out, okay. right? And um, I believe that there's a ton of room for folks that they call legacy operators, people who have been in the space before leg legislation has passed. So those legacy operators, um, the one hiccup that we've seen is there hasn't been a clear path for them to transfer into the, the legal okay. space, right? And the issue there is then what you do is you're going to wind up creating a versus world where that legacy world is now fighting to keep the business that they've grown for 50, 100 years, yeah. right, and through through our community. And, you know, um, that's just unfair. Uh, one, it isn't fair because they're going to have to go through a bunch of hoops that they shouldn't have to go through now that things are legal. But two, honestly, it's not fair to the state because they get their ass kicked, right? Like they just can't compete with the legacy space. And so it's not realistic for us to think that we can have a healthy um, legal cannabis space if we don't create a path for these folks to transfer over into the market. Yeah. Well, that's the money they're after, right? I mean, there's a certain amount of money you can make in a legal space um, by going after, you know, uh, doctors, soccer moms, folks who are like, oh, I don't really know how to shop in the hood for bud, right? But that's not really a bunch of money. You know, I mean, there's money there, but not the money they're looking for, right? The I think the last numbers from 2020 showed like $10 billion in the legacy space. So that's the money they're trying to tap to in tax because that's untaxed money, right? Um, and so that's my kind of bird-eye view, kind of like overview of like where we are. I am optimistic, though. Yeah. Uh, we are, again, one of the more um, progressive states as it relates to legislation and regulation that is beneficial to communities of color. And so I do think there is a solution for that problem and some stuff that we just don't see, right? It's some stuff we just not, aren't prepared for because we're honestly one of the first states to move like this. So we're just going to run into some other stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm optimistic that, you know, there's some folks in the industry, in the space that look like me that will not let people push us around and are um, really – dedicated to creating uh, systems and and pathways that allow us to uh, integrate into this new system opposed to kind of be on the outside looking in. Um, and that's major for for uh, the growth and the the real success of this market. Yeah. So what would you say your thoughts on are about the younger generation, all the young people who are doing like taking cannabis and edibles and infused drinks like before their legal age, like people who just got out of middle school, just got out of high school, that type of stuff? Yeah, man, that's a wonderful question. That's a wonderful question. And so the professional in me is like, well, you know, guys, be careful. You got to make sure you source it. And you do. Now, I, mean, I don't mean to put on like my professional voice and do that because I don't mean to make light of it. But I also was that person, right? So I'm not here to judge, right? And so... I tell the legal, the state when I'm having these conversations, that compliance is already built in to the hood, right? If I buy some bad shit from you, guess what? I'm not coming back, right? You know what I mean? Now, there's a level of health issues, right? If I get messed up from something that you've done, there's no real system for us to correct that, right? But in the sense of, um, you know, products being super unsafe in the community because they're considered off-market, right, I just... That, that, to me, is dangerous. There's a dangerous area there to play because then you are, um, you are uh, 
taken validation away from people who have earned a living for quite a long time, kept a really good reputation, sourced products really well, right? So it doesn't mean that because it doesn't have a sticker that is trash. Um, but what I will say is this is why it's important for us to educate consumers, right? Because even those young folks, if they're educated as consumers, they can go out and make sure the product that they're buying is good. Right? They don't necessarily need an entity. Now, they could get it off the street or they can get it from the dispensary. You know, I hope people eventually start to buy through the dispensary because, um, again, it's going to lift the whole industry up. Um, but in truth, you know, sourcing your product is important no matter what, where you're getting it from. It, it will be easier, of course, if you're going through a system like a retailer or dispensary who has to have to be compliant because the state said so. Right. And so that is the easier path to making sure that, hey, this product is safe and sound. Um, but I will say to those young folks is uh, don't worry, Can House is on the way. We got another program that we're going to try to roll out next year that is geared just towards educating young people. Right. Uh, oftentimes their first encounter with cannabis is in the street. Right. Somebody saying, you want to hit this joint? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to roll up. You want to smoke? Like, uh, what, do I, what do I do with that, right? And so we want to create something where people are aware, ready for that, right? These young folks have um, some knowledge before they're getting them put into these situations. Um, and so, you know, hold on for those who are looking for, for help. Um, if you're not looking for help, look for safe practices, right? Track, track what you're doing because it's important to make sure that you understand that, you know, what you put in your body is safe. Work. Yeah. And for those young people who are like dead set on deciding they want to do this before the legal age that they can, what would you say like to start off with, like start off small? Yeah, oh, man, it's always low and slow. So a common term we use in Canada House is find your diet. So we're always telling people find your diet. Uh, I, I came up in an era where. Smoke six blunts while y'all watch playing the game, and then, you know, however high y'all are at the end of that, you know what I mean? We go into bed, right? And so that was cool, but I learned to consume by finding a high and not finding my balance, right? So there's a balance that cannabis, cannabis actually is designed, its key component is uh, homeostasis. So it's, a, it's about creating this balance of yourself. And sometimes with anything, you can overindulge. And so overindulging leads you to kind of like, um, just feelings that aren't optimal, right? Not that you can't be high, but there's a there's a level of satisfaction that you can get to before you really get high, and that's balance. And so we're we're trying to get people to understand that if you're in if you're if you're consuming before you really understand, there's there's major concerns about your safety um, in terms of safe product, but also your 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 brain being developed, right? It's been told through studies that you know. Um, before you're 21, consuming cannabis can affect your mind. I won't say how negatively because there's a ton of research that needs to be done on this. And I really don't get into this land often because there's so much stuff to be proven, right? And I don't want to be somebody who pushes information that was kind of generated from a source that was trying to scare us, right? Because a lot of information is like, oh, man, if you take that, that's bad for you. I'm like, oh, if I look at the origin, that that didn't even come from the cannabis community. That came from somebody who was anti-cannabis. And oftentimes these narratives can kind of get passed around even amongst our community. And so I will say that um, at least I can verify that there is some effect to your, 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 your brain developing, right? Um, 
doesn't doesn't prove how negative it is. But that's something that you want to be clear on because again, if you want, you know, in the goal of life, you want to be a best self, right? So anything that is taking you from your best self, I don't support, right? And so uh, if cannabis helps you be your best self, then that's about finding the balance of how much of that is should be put into your life at what stage in order to create that balance for you, right? And so um, that's kind of what I would say to anybody who's looking to kind of like consume and it's like, hey, I'm just going to do this. I don't really care, right? Um, you know, shout out to your, your spirit because that's a spirit that we need in our community to not be a follower all the time. So I shout out to you for having that energy, um, but you have to direct that properly. Um, and a, a, a how to move, make sure you're moving on the proper path is educating yourself. And so if you're going to do something early and do something that is deemed um, adult-like, you need to be moving like an adult. You can't be saying, I want to do some adult shit, but you still want to move like a kid. You got to make a choice there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so going with the safety of that, uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, some some people do it with their parents. Their parents are cool with it. Mm -hmm. Some people start off by themselves. Some people do it with their friends. What would you say would be the safest way to start off with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I always recommend doing it with somebody who's had some experience. Right, if that's your parent um, and you got that relationship, that's amazing. I s ridiculously encourage people to be that honest with their parents and parents to be receptive of kids coming and talk to you about this. They don't have to talk to you about it. They could go somewhere else. They could be doing this behind your back. So I truly, truly encourage that if there's a parent-child uh, relationship that works like that, that you, you nourish that. Uh, but if it's not there, right, finding somebody um, uh, in other um, with other products or in the drug community, um, kind of like uh, shrooms or things like this, right? They come with like sharmas. You can go find a professional who will guide you through this this experience, right? And I recommend that even in cannabis. We're so familiar with it. Um, but I think that's a part of the process, too, to make sure you're, you're comfortable, right? Um, and no, Do you have that in Canna House? Like a we don't. Uh, we are. I like would say we're age of how to you know manage. Yeah, we're guys. We figured out um, dosage. Dosage is a huge part of consuming, right? Again, starting off, you just smoke, 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 right? And as you get into other products, you really start to understand like how much you're consuming, how many milligrams you're taking in. And now this is a per person thing, right? A certain milligram might affect me totally different than it affects you, right? Your edible might affect you totally different than it affects me. And so it really is a lot of stuff to be learned. But for us, it's about using our experience and what we're offering. So when we offer it, it's, it's, it's baked in with our experience, right? We're only providing X amount of milligrams throughout the night to make sure that nobody's having a bad experience. Um, and so, yeah, man, you know, um, that those are those are I think positions that will develop and evolve into like paid positions into you know ancillary opportunities for people to to get into the space. Um, but yeah, we don't have anything um, I, I would say identified particularly as a Sharma. But yes, guides to um, that allow you to kind of consume in a safe space. Um, and and when you do that, I would always recommend having CBD around um, if you're consuming THC for the first time. CBD, if you feel like, hey, I'm a little too high, this is uncomfortable for me, I want to get off this ride, it won't be immediate, but CBD will help reverse some of those effects. And so things like that are important about knowing, like, when I'm consuming, how do I manage this high? And, um, you know, again, chase your balance and not your high. Yeah. Right. Um, anything you'd want the people to know about Canna House, yourself, 
you got going on in the future. Yeah, man. Just be on the lookout for us, man. Again, our mission, our vision is about, um, again, adding quality um, to the life of the consumer and really um, raising up our community. Anything that I'm committed to um, in projects uh, is all based on the upward motion of our community. And so if you're supporting us, you're supporting that vision, um, you're supporting bringing us up. Um, and, yeah, I, I would say uh, talk to your local folks. You know, talk to your, your local dealers, your, your little cousins, your little brothers, your nieces and nephews. Um, you know, tell them what's going on with the industry. Tell them to look into things. Tell them to kind of look to the path of evolving into a legal entity because it's important that we have representation in this, right? This, this opportunity right here is our uh, shot at liberation. It is our shot to kind of reset our social economic status in this country, right? There's no other thing that we can really position ourselves in off the street as CEOs and be respected, right? This was divinely set up for us to run it. And if we don't take that opportunity, somebody is. And it's really, really important that we get in at this level because we still can affect change. It's like so many other industries that we get into, by the time we get into it and realize we want to be owners, it's a system set up, right? And you got to do a whole lot to unravel that. And most times you wind up just getting into the system and being a part of the system opposed to really being able to change that. This is unlike that in so many ways, all right? Um, I'll also say this, we are cultural billionaires, right? And this is a term that I use a lot and I, I advise you gentlemen, um, and you guys were telling me about your journey and what you're doing. This is how you can leverage yourself Right, the people that we often look to to help us finance things—they're financial. Um, they have financial capital, right? We have cultural capital, and it's oftentimes why they partner with us. We don't know the value of ours, right? It's easy to understand the value of a dollar, right? You can go look, and it'll show you the value of a dollar somewhere, right? You don't understand the value of your culture, and I recommend that you deep dive and understand how to leverage that in your deals, especially you, my bro, because you know, I mean, you—you you got a, a wonderful. Um, opportunity that you've created for yourself and shout out to you and I've seen predatory behavior happen in this country over and over and over yeah. um, and sometimes it happens because you know folks are just ill but sometimes it's, it's, it happens because we're unprepared and um, a big part of that is not understanding our worth and oftentimes we don't know you know and in this industry I can tell you um, unlike anywhere else in, in, in any established um, market or industry, you know, I don't know that our culture means more and has more value over here. Than, than, I don't know another industry yeah. that has more value over it uh, for that and, than cannabis. And so I just encourage people to, you know, support, 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 encourage people to look into it. Um, licenses are out now for certain categories, um, growing, processing, um, they just released 150 slots for the first retail locations. Next up will be a bunch of the other categories, so delivery, distribution, on-site consumption, um, labs. Well, I think labs is already out and stuff, too. But, yeah, there there is a ton of opportunity for you to get into this space that doesn't require you to sell a single gram of butt. And so there's also a ton of opportunity. And so if you're interested uh, even if you're not interested in, in, in being in the, in the space, just get educated. As we raise our level of education in the community, it makes it easier for you to be receptive to businesses coming down the street, 
right, for you to understand why construction is going to be here, right? It allows you to stay in tune. And so I even encourage the young folks to get your older folks into the space and start to understand stuff. And there's some common ground that allow you guys to really make a, make a new connection that you didn't know you could make around the plant. So, um, yeah, man, that's what I got. Thank you so much for having me, guys, for sure. Oh, you got any social media or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. man, please follow us. My bad, I was about to get out of here without even telling y'all how to find us, man. Reg, Reggie underscore no underscore Reggie. So Reggie no Reggie on uh, IG. That's my personal page. Please follow the club at the... Second, so T-H-E, the number two, N-D underscore house. So the second underscore house on IG, and then we're Canada-House on Facebook. Um, Canada-House.com is our website. You want to sign up to be a member. It's still free right now. We're going to move into a paid membership soon. So get in while you can. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all get a part of that that grandfathered free free um, membership. Um, and, yeah, man, look for us uh all year, top of the next year. Uh, this year, we're kind of closing the year strong, just ramping up for for Q1 of next year. Um, but, yeah, feel free to reach out to us anytime, man. All right. So that's um, it for our podcast. I want to thank our donors. You know, enjoy. <laughs>